The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And the first flag is thrown on this playoff weekend, Mickey Spagnola. I'm in the SWBC podcast studio. You're in the SWBC satellite center. And Mickey, what day is this? It is Fight Friday. Friday. It's Fight Song Friday. Oh, no. And we've had a false start already because it's – there you go. There you go. Got to go back more than 50 years ago to the start of this Cowboys-Niners playoff rivalry. Take it all the way back to 1970 when the Cowboys started a three-year playoff run over the San Francisco 49ers. And this was the fight song. Stampeding all the way to the Super Bowl two of those years and stampeding to a Hall of Fame career for Roger Staubach as well. How you like that for an intro, Mickey? That was uh, awfully well for not having planned it out. <laughs> we had not planned it out. No, we had not. And so, But I had planned on, on this show, we got so much to get to because we're previewing the 3.30 kickoff and I cannot wait for this matchup, the Cowboys and the 49ers. So we're doing that. And we need to go back and give a history lesson on this rivalry going back over a half century and how it launched the careers of some. And for some reason, Everson is not here (laughs) to discuss part of that playoff rivalry. Uh, I think he's trying to find a parking place outside. He should be here shortly, I think. But we also need to get up to speed on just exactly who's going to be taking the football field for the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. Of course, this is a virtual Friday as far as uh, the media is concerned. Of course, it's been a virtual virtual week for weeks here uh, leading up to it. But for the team as well, uh, as far as any knowledge of uh, any Injury reports concerning the team going into the weekend. It's pretty much the status quo from what we got yesterday is going to be on the report today. Don't you think, Mickey? Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, the one person that did not participate in practice for the Cowboys that we would know, uh, Keanu O'Neill. Uh, he, he, uh, Mike McCarthy said today that while he was – uh, yesterday he did not practice, and since they don't practice today, he basically pointed out that he would be a last-minute decision on Saturday. He's got the uh, deal going with his chest and his elbow, and so there. Mike said they would take it right to the last limit before they make that decision. So, but other than that, uh, it's everybody else was a full go, uh, except for, uh, limited by Israel Makamu. And it looks like that he may end up going on injured reserve, uh, to make room, uh, when they, uh, bring 
uh, J. Ron Curse off COVID. So, so from a Cowboys standpoint, Bill, this is about as healthy they've been. Yep, and uh, and the 49ers, uh, they sound like they're as healthy as they have been. And look who has arrived here in the SWBC podcast studio. You know, Everson, if yes, you were sir. to go back some 30 years or so, and it was two days before the Giants were playing the San Francisco 49ers, what would Bill Parcells' reaction be if you walked into a meeting when you walked into this meeting? <laughs> hey, we on time. Forget Bill Parcells. Tom Landry. Bill would be cool. You know, Bill's just So Bill. Parcells would have, wouldn't have any problem with it. Well, Landry? he'd have a problem with it. He would, he would curse you out, then we'd move on. You know, Tom would hold a grudge, man. No. I know why you're late coming in here. Why am I late? Because I got the last parking space out front. Let me guess. <laughs> no, I was waiting on somebody to move. I was going <laughs> When they moved, I parked right next to Bill. <laughs> I knew. I looked around. I looked around. I said, Everson's not here no. yet. And I told him when I walked in here, I said, everything's going to be late. The first, the, first, the person I look for, usually I take Barry Church's uh, last spot. I think yeah. you took Barry's last spot this time. <laughs> Barry Church, he comes in from the, from the previous podcast. And, you know, I wait on him to come out. He's always looking nice and spiffy and young. So I try to dress young with him. So that, see, that means I got to go deep into my closet. See, these podcasts yeah. work out perfect. They're 45 minutes in length, and it's one 15 hour. 15 minutes apart. It's one hour. <laughs> it's a one hour limit. <laughs> one of these days, we're going to walk outside, and our, our vehicles are going to be towed because we went over an hour. <laughs> Hopefully, you didn't go in the handicap spot because last night I saw the lady writing down somebody's. Uh, yeah. license no, plate because no, they were in the. It was probably Michael spot. Irvin. That was Michael Irvin. I'm sure. <laughs> you know what? Right. How long? How long have the Cowboys been here at the Star? Uh, I can't remember what year it was. What, however long it's not, been, that nice. that satellite parking out there where you got to walk up the hill, and I, I used to park there, and then I saw Everson <laughs> parking right up at the front door. I said, you know what? I'm going to start. Parking I'm up like, at the front door. Well, I'm, I'm driving first. I'm like, nobody's stopping me. Okay, uh-huh. all righty. I'm going to park. Yeah, so I'm I, getting I just, out of my car. And, yeah. Uh, yep, and so I just followed Everson's lead. All right, uh, we got lots to get to here. And um, as I said off the top, Everson, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to uh, dive into this matchup, but we're also going to take a trip down memory lane and the significance of this Cowboys 49er playoff series Man. through the years. And I don't want to dwell on uh, 40 years ago. I want to dwell on 50 years ago and 30 years ago, well, basically. Just, just so you know. Uh, Unless you'd I like to dwell got, on I just got through doing ago. a doggone San Francisco interview. I bet you did. Man, we had fun, though. Yeah. They said, I don't want to hear about Roger Craig's fumble. I don't want to hear about Matt Barr's field goal because they were just they were born in 82 the guys oh, i was talking right. to they, they that's why even, we need to talk about it because people don't aren't familiar with they are what not, this they are not. and so i don't want to hear about all of that so i like their introduction they gave me love before they tore me down so <laughs> it was cool we actually had a lot of fun on the interview the guys were they were great guys and uh no it was all good it was all good so i've been talking about it this they woke me up with that uh, they woke me up with it and we had a really nice fun conversation about it about my relationship with Dwight Clark uh before he passed on and i think that's the main thing much as we can talk about the play all we want you know this this young man is has uh 
he's gone now, you know, and with the ALS thing that, that's going around, uh, we know that it's connected to CTE. And, you know, you look at somebody like Dwight Clark, you wouldn't think that he would necessarily suffer from something like that because he's a wide receiver, and, yes, they do get hit. But you think more of linebackers, linemen, mm-hmm. uh, fullbacks, running backs, people like that. And uh, the, the shape that he was in uh, before he passed on, it was, it was quick. And it was it was it was powerful. It was mm. it was quick. It came on fast. So, as much as we love to to talk about not just the play but the rivalry, uh, what stems from that is uh, a young man is gone, uh, you know, and and really just gone too soon. You know, um, in in your relationship with him, I, I know you were out there when it was a cowboy game mm-hmm. where they honored Dwight Clark, and you you went out uh, and invited rep- by his family. Okay, yes. So when after uh, long after the catch, okay, when did you establish a, a relationship with him? Uh, well, first moment was when he told me about uh, how much money he got paid for the Kodak commercial. <laughs> we we going way back. They had a Barbara Streisand was singing the way we were, and the catch play was in slow motion. <laughs> and when I look at an amazing commercial, like, man, this is a very cool commercial. It's too bad I'm on the, on the bad end of this. <laughs> so he comes up to me, and, and Sherelle at the time was my girlfriend. My mom was with me. And we went to an event where we all were league leaders in our categories, receptions for him, interceptions for me. And he comes up to me. He had been, he was libated. Is that a good word? (laughs) He was libated, a little libated, I guess is the word. And comes up to me and tells me all about how much he got paid. (laughs) And that was the first part of our relationship because I went on to to go ahead and get my attorney and got paid. And (laughs) that particular Super Bowl that was part of my package for uh, suing Kodak was to watch Doug Williams win his Super Bowl. All right. So just think about the connection there. If it's not for Dwight Clark, I'm not sitting there watching Doug Williams break just break a break a cultural record mm-hmm. of the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. All right, Mickey, what do we need to know uh, to kick things off here about this game? What, what, what's top of mind for you? Well, it looks like uh, from San Francisco's standpoint that Trent Williams uh, went from did not practice to limited and read where he said he will be ready to go. So uh, that's huge for San Francisco to get their starting uh, left tackle uh, back on the field, especially knowing that he's going to have to go up against uh, the Cowboys pass rushers. You know, they had a couple other guys that were limited. Elijah Mitchell, the running back went from did not practice to limited. So it looks like he's moving in the right direction uh, to be able to uh, play in the game. So, yeah, it looks like both teams going to be somewhat healthy. Uh, even Garoppolo went from limited to full, even though he still has the sprained ligament in his thumb. So uh, from an injury standpoint, that's where we're at. And then today, the Cowboys had three players named to the first team uh, all-pro team, Mm. by the way. That's all right. Uh, No surprise, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and Zach Martin. You mean Trayvon, the guy that's given up all these plays and all these yards (laughs) and 
you know, who doesn't deserve to be getting the praise that he's getting. That Trayvon Diggs? <laughs> that's Trayvon Diggs. That's crazy. It it's amazing how he made it in. It's a miracle. That's, that's right. And uh, on the 49ers side, Trent Williams, uh, first team, it's first time in his career, first team all pro at uh, left tackle. And. Uh, it's a let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any other 49ers on the list here. Uh, oh, Debo Samuel. Oh, Debo's Debo. got to be on it. Yeah, right? yeah, yes, Debo. Yeah. Debo Samuel and Trent Williams on offense. What I'm uh, really surprised. I, you know, Nick Bosa. You look at what you now. Dak is the comeback player of the year. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Dak is the comeback player of the year. But the candidacy that Nick Bosa has put up this year, coming back from his torn ACL last year, he he just played in two games last year for San Francisco, and he's got 15 and a half sacks and 21 tackles for loss, 32 quarterback hits. I mean, and he didn't make first team All Pro. The edge rushers are T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. I mean that's that's some pretty good competition. It really there, is, you know, it really is at, for edge rusher. Uh, Micah, uh, here, here's your defense: T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, the edge rushers. Interior defensive tackles are Aaron Donald and Cam Hayward. Linebackers: Micah Parsons, Darius Leonard, Devondre Campbell. Corners: Trayvon Diggs, Jalen Ramsey, and safeties: Ke- some good Kevin there. Bayard and uh, Jordan Poyer. <laughs> They need to switch that because in this day and age, people aren't running a 4-3. I mean, there's not three linebackers on the field, traditional linebackers <laughs> right. on the field right. ever in a game. <laughs> they they need to switch this to where a they, dime, they, a dime they, they need a, Yeah, it needs to be a 4-2-5 yeah. where the edge rushers, you take into account a 3-4 edge rusher or mm-hmm. a 4-3, mm-hmm. and you've got two traditional linebackers and you've got an extra cornerback Mm -hmm. on the field that's what the way they do it on offense because the offense you got one quarterback you got one running back you got three wide receivers they've been doing that forever yeah they've been they haven't changed it not once and then they haven't changed it on defense and you know you got to get out of the three linebacker set yes and they and they've and they've done that with the pro bowl right that's what i mean that's what inside linebackers And 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 edge rushers. So the Pro Bowls kind of got it right. Right. And offense, Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, Jonathan Taylor at running back. The receivers are Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, and Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Tight end is Mark Andrews over Jason Kelsey. Wait a minute. Wait, wide receiver. Jefferson didn't make it from uh, Minnesota? No. And uh, and Chase either. Wow. Yeah. So they were next in line. Jefferson wow. and Jamar like Chase. LSU. We're four and five on the list (laughs) in the voting. (laughs) Uh, So Cup, Adams, and Samuel were the top three vote getters, and then Jefferson and Chase were after that. You know, I love Debo, but I think I would have. And it's Travis Kelsey. I think I said Jason. Travis Kelsey. He's such a hybrid. I I would kind of dismiss him in in that regard only. And uh, I would have had to put Jefferson in. Over Coop? No, no, not over Coop. Uh, Over uh, Debo. Over Debo. I mean, look at the numbers, man. I mean, Debo's got numbers uh, as far as a hybrid is concerned because he mm-hmm. carries the ball and he does so many different things. As far as being voted into a particular position, that's always been uh, uh, something like of a negative because you do more than one thing. Mm-hmm. But Jefferson was, man, this guy well, was going like off all year long. He didn't just wait until the end of the season. I wouldn't say just wait till the end of the season like Chase did. Chase got off all season, but Jefferson was on everyone. Besides, he and Cooper Cup, 
they were the guys that everyone was talking about as far as receivers are concerned. All right, Jefferson. Okay, Jefferson, he has on the season 88 catches, 1,400 yards, and seven touchdowns. Okay. And what did he do? Well, Debo's got that. Right, exactly. Debo has – all right, he had 88 catches, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. Debo's got 77 catches – 1,405 yards and six touchdowns receiving, mm-hmm. running the football, 59, 59 carries, 365 yards, and eight touchdowns running. So he's got 14 touchdowns total in Jefferson's But game. not as a receiver. Well, but. <laughs> yes, he he's, does. He's, he set the record for most rushing touchdowns by a receiver. There you no, go. that's not what I'm talking about. He's your slot. Okay, so they've kept up with the modern age, and he's your slot receiver. All right, okay? all right. I'm, so you got I'm, Adam. I'm give this one up. I, I see cup. him outnumbered. <laughs> but if you're just looking at stats, um, uh, anyway. All right. Uh, no, uh, I am proud of that young man, though. He he uh, did a great. And job. by the way, the offensive lineman and, and, besides besides Trent Williams is Joel Batonio at left guard, Jason Kelsey at center, Zach Martin at right guard, and Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. Go ahead, Mickey. And by the way, by the way, uh, they also came out with the six finalists for the Pepsi Rookie of the Year award, and Micah Parsons is one of the six guys uh, that's going to be in the finals. And it'll be revealed, I guess, during that Super Bowl week. And, and that's not defensive rookie of the year. That is overall offense no, and defense. That's overall NFL rookie of the year. So that is interesting, Everson. If you want to look at, you know, we've, you know, Mike has been a, a shoe in for defensive rookie of the year. But let's throw Jamar Chase into that discussion. Man, that's tough. That is tough. Well, and he, who else is on that Bill, list? Who are, who are the Mike other ones? The only. Yeah, I was going to say Mike is the only defensive player on that list, by the way. And these are voted by the fans, right? It's online. Oh, he's uh, got it. The finalists, uh, the finalists are Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, Mac Jones, Kyle Pitts, and Jalen Waddle. That is a great squad right there. Those that was are a those great, some great names. I mean, there <laughs> those some great names right year. there. That's impressive. Yeah. You know, when we talk about the Comeback Player of the Year award, yeah, they're trying to give uh, Dak a little pushback on this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at Burroughs. They think, you know, his comeback well, year this pretty... year was pretty good, especially the way he went out last year. I mean, it wasn't an unusual injury, but an injury nonetheless, season-ending. Uh, ACL, I think he got ACL and MCL, didn't he, on his injury, uh, Burroughs? I'm not, I'm not yes, sure. Yes, he did. Yeah, it was both of them. So they're trying to make a case for him big time. Matter of fact, there have been some publications where – well, maybe one publication. I don't know how legitimate it is. They've already chosen Burroughs over Dak. The definition, comeback player of the year. You have to come back from – you're coming back from an injury, but uh, but you're also Something. coming coming back from already being established in your career. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. Interesting. Dak had already been established in his career and had that injury, and then comes back from it. And, and, Burroughs and, and, and equals it was his rookie season. Yeah. He hadn't really established himself. Yeah, he was the top overall pick, but he hadn't established himself to the level that Dak had in the NFL. So they that, that would be my case for. Oh, being, I'm I'm with you. The, I, I know the, you are. The but. other case was uh, he's been hit more than any quarterback this year 
and considering the the injury that he was coming back from, the courage that he showed, and we're not taking anything away from him, but this is this is the this is, these are the bricks that are stacking up on his side of the yeah. fence. So just just FYI, just let you good. Guys that's know good to know. That's just good. Letting you know. That's good things. to know. All right, Mickey. What else do we need to know? Um. So. Oh, I know what the the one I was looking for. Uh, Amari Cooper got fined for his COVID nineteen violation. Oh. Fourteen thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. That was late, being wasn't it? An unvaccinated. It, it, it. I think it finally just came out. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, an unvaccinated player attending the Mavs game and also on the sideline for the Cotton Bowl. That's right. Cause the Alabama and Cincinnati game. He's on the sideline. The what? Wait. He wait. was on the sideline. <laughs> so it didn't matter whether he had a mask on or not. It doesn't matter whether he had a mask on or not. Un- he he can't go anywhere. If you're unvaccinated and you go to a game, you have to be in a luxury suite and you got to have a mask on with no more than 10 other people in the suite. I did That's not the know only way this. unvaccinated players are allowed to be out in public. And it doesn't matter that you've already tested positive and you're in that 90-day window. And that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I thought and he got a reprieve because of that 90-day window. I don't know. I'm just and, asking. And here's the other thing that re- that here's the other thing that reminded me of. So he had COVID, right? Right. And he and he missed he missed the Kansas City game and the Vegas game. Yep. And what happened in those two games? Can uh, we lost? Cowboys lost. Yeah. And. Also, let's also remember that C.D. Lamb missed the second half of the Kansas City game with a concussion mm-hmm. and missed the Vegas game. Right. So when everybody talks about this inconsistent Cowboy offense, well, let's see what they were dealing with, too, right? Because in that Vegas, in, in the Vegas game, which, by the way, they ended up scoring 33 points. They were out their top two wide receivers. Yeah, you 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 preaching to the choir here, Spags. Yeah, well, that's one thing they never talk about is the the shortcomings that we've had to deal with. But they always talk about the inconsistencies that we deal with because of those shortcomings. We never have an excuse for that because well, they got all the talent in the team on all the talent in the world on that team. Well, I, last time I looked, the Los Angeles Rams have a heck of a lot of talent at their wide receiver position as well. And I don't hear anybody giving Matt, Matt uh, Stafford excuses for his play this year. Yeah, and, and, and it just goes back to talking about what Mike McCarthy's been talking about these last couple of weeks when everybody just wants to look at statistics, right, and see what the numbers are. And he said sometimes you got to go inside the numbers – and understand why they are the way they are. All right, we we uh, are up against a break. We're Boy, past a we? break. We're way past a break, <laughs> and that means we got so Which break? much. The first one, the first one, the first, one. The, on the first one. one, the first one, and that means we've got like twenty-two minutes to cram in. Oh my, a half century worth of content coming up next. <laughs> we never got to that, did we? <laughs> 
Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. How great would it be to travel to watch the Cowboys win on another team's turf? Pretty great. But honestly, just watching the game from anywhere but your house would be fun. Even a hotel bar with some guy named Phil from St. Louis who thinks Oakland still has a team. So whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Back, back to mixed shots. Cowboys Nation, it's playoff time. Get ready to white out at AT&T Stadium just the way I'm whiting out here on Friday. And you're going to cheer on the Cowboys to victory on Sunday, January 16th, when they take on the San Francisco 49ers at 3.30 p.m. For playoff updates, visit DallasCowboys.com slash 2021 playoffs. I yeah. thought you blacked out, kid. You come out white. <laughs> I thought you blacked out over there, man. Spags. Sorry, I mean Chris. No, Spags. no, no, no. I was in I was in the midst of checking out ticket prices oh. for this game. Oh, were you? Okay. And, and, and by if, the way, ever you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mickey. And if you would like to know, you know those standing room tickets at the uh, on the SRO, on the decks on the end, the end zone. Yes, popular tickets. Hundred and sixty-seven dollars. That's not bad. That's not bad. And, but remember, you got to run. You got to run <laughs> in though, right at the time they open the door to get the best tickets. That's right. Now oh, then, man, that's crazy. Well, that is. Crazy. Remember, we're now close to Oklahoma. Then. There's a lot of Sooners out there. Remember that. That's right. Could be already in that's in, right. in the building. They try to get yeah, in sitting. early. That's right. So it, it's like a land oh, rush. Wow. It's pretty much. Bill. That's what it is. Yeah, That's yeah. It's like a land rush. Like, you, you know, and in the Cowboys, Cowboys are open. It's not a gold rush of San Francisco <laughs> fans that are, are coming in the door. Uh, so, Mickey. So how about how about this? 
Hang on, hang on. Upper level back of the end zone ticket will cost you $350. And this is on the secondary market. And the prices climbed to $500. And if you've got a lot of money, you could sit in the lower level seats for $2,400. So do you think there's going to be a bunch I've of San Francisco fans tickets. in the stands? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what they spend on their houses out there? We're spending it on ours here now. So $2,400 is a drop right. in the bucket. <laughs> um, just, no, uh, now, just Jerry, no. Jerry earlier in the week had uh, mentioned that he'd love to see 100,000 fans there. What's, what's he saying now? I think he was still hoping for it. Okay. Uh, and he understands, though, and he was kind of – I can't remember if it was him or Mike McCarthy when they were asked today about, you know, a sea of red in the stadium against the white black white backdrop. Mm-hmm. I'll get it out. <laughs> um, he, he basically – they basically said, hey, if the Cowboys give the fans something to cheer about, they'll drown out any San Francisco fans that are here. That's true. I mean, this is not going to be this is not going to be SoFi. Uh, that's what I don't want to hear. Now we've had our SoFi issues in regards to the visiting team comes in and they're making a lot of noise. But the only reason they make a lot of noise is because we're not playing well on the field. Once we start playing well on the field, then the crowd gets behind the team. I do wish, however, that the Cowboys were more of the the crowd that like the Saints game. That Saints game, boy. Never forget it. The energy in that stadium was like no game I have ever played in or been to my entire life. They elevated that Cowboys team to beat those Saints and not just beat them, but they took it to them from the, from the kickoff to the end of the game. They were in that game all the way. That's when I – that's when my they, they had me so excited. I saw another Jalen Smith in that game that I've never seen before and never seen since. He played the best game I've ever seen him play along with that Cowboys defense. So I wish as Cowboy fans we came out energized, not just waiting for the Cowboys to energize them as players. Okay, um, as far as this matchup with the 49ers, uh, I had an opportunity yesterday. Uh, by the way, have I mentioned this week that the game is on CBS? Yeah, I think you did uh, every week. It's the Wednesday, the Thursday, Tuesday, and Monday. Three, yeah. 3.30 uh, Sunday on CBS with Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wolfson on the call. I had an opportunity. I had about a 20-minute chat with uh, Tony Romo yesterday. We um, did a little Zoom with him talking about the game. It was very interesting. You can go to uh, my Twitter, CBS 11, Bill Jones, and check it out, the entire interview. Mm -hmm. But among the things that he talked about, number one – Kellen Moore's gone. Okay, he, he, I asked him. So, how, how important is this playoff run to Kellen Moore as far as his future? And he says it doesn't matter what the Cowboys do. He thinks he's getting a head coaching job regardless of how they do. In the Sunday. NFL. In the NFL. Ah, so he, he knows something. He, he thinks that Kellen Moore's gone, um, regardless of what happens. Um, would he throw if, as a quarterback, as a competitor, would he throw at Trayvon Diggs? What do you think he said? Yes, he would. Of course, he would. <laughs> he's but, a quarterback, but he would, 
He and just like what you've talked about, I believe Everson uh, double moves is is such a key. Whatever uh, he, he's got great respect for Trayvon, and um, it, it just interesting to hear him. He went into great detail on uh, how the Forty ers might attack Trayvon Diggs. Okay, and uh, and so you, you can check that out. Um, He's usually on point with the, his uh, one premonitions. Of the, one, one of the one of well, the things. Yes, Mickey. Don't tease us. Well, don't tease us. What did he say? How well, are they going to attack him? Well, it was more. It was more. You know, you double moves. He's such an instinctive player. Well, he's got to tease us, man, because he double wants moves. To go to no, his no, hand. but the, <laughs> double. Once you once you establish the double moves. And even if you don't complete it, whatever, now you can later in the game attack him because he's got to be mindful of there could be a double move. And so that's basically how okay. he would set him up. Okay. Uh, one of the. When you're as greedy as guys like myself and Diggs are, uh, yeah. yeah, you better run it every time. Yeah. Because we're still right. going for it. <laughs> yeah. Right. You have to show. We're very stubborn. That's right. That's very stubborn. That's right. <laughs> uh, but he does say that's one of the intriguing things about this matchup. He thinks that. Uh, we're going to be able to tell early on. Um, you know, obviously, the obvious key is stopping their running game, and we'll be able to tell very early uh, if their outside zone run plays are working or not. Mm-hmm. And if they are, if they're getting yardage early, it's not a good sign for the Cowboys. Okay. Well, they were, they weren't getting yards early in the Rams game. But then in the yep. second half, they were just you persistent. saw what they, they were, could do. They were just and they wore the Rams D line yep. down. Yep, and uh, a seventeen nothing lead wasn't big enough it for the not. for the Rams Mm-mm. in that game. Uh, but the interesting thing, Mickey, uh, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, uh, I asked him what had he seen. Uh, first six games, seven games of the year for the Cowboys compared to the last half of the season. He he went on and on praising Dak and how much Dak is like a coach on the field and just his understanding. Mm -hmm. He says he thinks what defenses have done is uh, it's the post-snap adjustments that they've made that uh, Dak has – uh, he didn't say struggled with, but that's that's been, that's been effective. It's a challenge. That's right. It is and a that's, challenge for that's, any quarterback. That's where Dak has had to make an adjustment for any quarterback. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's what teams would show something pre-snap, and and Dak is so good at reading a defense pre-snap, and uh, it's the post-snap stuff that was throwing him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he said as much as he praises Kellen Moore, he says what he believes. If the Cowboys can establish their run game again, that they can win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. You got to have the running game. You have to have it. What do you think, Spags? And then how how do you establish a running game? Yeah, especially with the offensive line, right? Right. Have you checked out? And we've this, been talking about this. Have you checked out this San Francisco and, front and, four and front six? Oh yeah, they're pretty it's stout. Hard. Yeah. It's going to be very hard, right? And and Mike McCarthy basically pointed it out when uh, he was asked about his offensive line, and he said, "You know, we feel good about them." He understands it's a huge challenge, but he also said, "We understand the game starts up front," and he basically said, "The game," and he's basically talking about both offensive lines. He said, "It will start 
with the offensive line and it will end with the offensive line. How those two lines play will determine who wins this game. There's no doubt about it. No, you know, and this. Go ahead, make uh, Everson. I, I was just gonna say, uh, uh, I don't know if if Williams coming back will help them or hurt them because once again they were pretty consistent without him in that second half. So if I'm if I'm the Cowboys D line, I'm putting pressure wherever Williams is playing. I'm gonna make sure and and, and hone my pressure in on his position because I have to see if he's ready or not. I mean, San Francisco fans, when they talk about Williams coming back, they talk about it as if he's the second coming. Like now that he's back, then we're going to be okay. We've been fine without him, but we're going to be great with him. So I can't wait to see what, what, what he's coming back with. I think we should test him right away. You heard who the first team all pro They need to figure out is. which L. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. They, I did. They need to check out. They need to check out which elbow it is. I think they can figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be the it'll be the bulky one. <laughs> so okay, along those lines, and we gotta go to a break real quick after no. this. But along those lines, <laughs> you, you Randy Gregory versus Trent Williams. Who wins that? Whether it's whether it's oh, whether it's whether it's rushing the passer or defending the run for Randy Gregory's perspective, who wins the battle, Randy Gregory versus Trent Williams, and how important is that to this game? Hmm. Wow. Are we coming back? Oh, I, no, we're doing I it now. Yeah, we're, doing, <laughs> we're doing it now. <laughs> oh man, I, I don't like know. Gregory's chances, and I think they will move him around. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want to be predictable. I don't want him just going up against Williams all the time. I think we should have multi-looks, multiple looks, just like everyone's giving multiple looks to us. So that's my answer on that one. Okay. All right. We got picks to click. Picks we to got click. picks to win. It's coming up next <laughs> on Mix Oh, first of all, uh, NFL Network now has the 1982 championship game. It's on the air right now? As we speak. Do we have to watch it? Uh, only, oh. on, only when I make my plays. <laughs> so only you, all, all but the last fifty. All but the seconds. last. Yeah, you can make all that last drive. Just turn it off before or, or, the last drive. Uh, yeah, just that, that's, All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna watch the first fifty-eight minutes of that game, and we're gonna watch the last two minutes of the nineteen seventy-two game, the Roger Staubach comeback. That's right. When we come back here on Mix Shots. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. 
where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com slash cowboys. Back, back, back. To shots. Dak Prescott is the Cowboys nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award presented by Nationside Nationwide, recognizing NFL players for outstanding community service activities off the field and excellence on the field. Help Dak earn $25,000 donation to his Faith Fight Finish Foundation by voting on Twitter. Tweet hashtag WPMOY challenge, followed by Prescott through January 17th. Hey, Ooh, man. That's getting close. Vote Dak. I think you're, you're getting a little claustrophobic in there by yourself because <laughs> your readings are suffering uh, the further, the longer the week goes Yeah, we on. need to get you out of no, the satellite center. <laughs> I didn't have any distractions, that's why. <laughs> you need to be distracted. You act, you do better under pressure. I get it. I get it. Okay, this rivalry with the 49ers in the playoffs goes back to 1970, NFC Championship game. Cowboys won 17-10 in route to Super Bowl V, the loss to the Baltimore Colts. And that was a 16 13 final. 1971, Cowboys beat the 49. Bill. What? What? Give me some insight to that game. Well, not that. We, if we get bogged down in that game, we don't quick. have enough time. <laughs> we don't have enough time to, to go into all of them. Okay. You have three minutes left in the show. You right. haven't made your picks yet. This was just a prelude to our picks, wow. Mickey. We're not going in depth here. Yeah, okay. Man. 1971 yeah. NFC Championship game, fault. 14 to 3. Hey, Cowboys I, I, beat I, I, the I Niners shots fired over and there. And then Watch beat Miami now. in the Super Bowl. And then 1972. <laughs> Roger Staubach got hurt this season. Craig Morton was back as a starting quarterback. He started the game against the 49ers in the, in the divisional playoff game. and But with two minutes left, the Cowboys trailed 28-16, to and Roger Staubach had come off the bench. He leads the Cowboys to two touchdowns in the last two minutes of that game, sandwiched around a Tony Fritch behind-the-back onside kick, and the Cowboys won 30-28, to then lost the Litton the next week to Washington in the NFC Championship game. Fast forward so no 19, watermelon. It's, it's, 1981. It's, we won't talk about what yeah, happened yeah, let's in, fast forward in that fact, one. If and I then fast forward that, I in the 90s, forward. in the 90s, 
1992 <laughs> championship and conference championship game. My favorite Cowboy game of all time. I was out there covering it all week in San Francisco. That was the 30-20. to 20. How about them Cowboys Man. game? And then the following year, which was the last time CBS did a Cowboys playoff game, was you can put it in three-inch headlines and the Cowboys won. And then the next year, it was a 21-0 deficit. But the game that many consider to be perhaps Troy Aikman's finest game mm. as a quarterback, the comeback against the Niners, and then Barry got called for the penalty on the sideline and San Francisco won the Super Bowl. All right, now picks to click and picks to win. Mickey, take it away. Take it away, Mick. Is he there? You forgot the interference call that didn't get called. Well, that was the Switzer. It was pass interference, and Switzer was arguing about it on the sideline. And so what yes. people were, people talk about, the Switzer costing them the game because he got the penalty. But anyway. Anyway. So you want me to pick the game? Yeah, yes. that's what we call pick to click. <laughs> you guys were doing this way before I got here, so you should know about this stuff. Cowboys win this game 27-23. Yeah, this is going to be a, t- a close one, Spags. You're right about that, brother. And my pick, my pick to click is going to be the guy you can't bully, the linebacker, Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. So you're going with a defensive guy, huh? You got any stats you want to throw at us? Yep. Like? Like how many oh, sacks like he might have? Do? Yeah, yes. Fumble recovery, forced fumble, anything. <laughs> Give us a narrative. Two, two sacks. <laughs> two sacks and a forced fumble. All right. Two sacks and a forced fumble. Whoa. All righty. All right. Okay. Uh, I am looking at this is this is gonna be we're gonna we're gonna jump out on them, guys. I think our offense is gonna be really strong. I think Dak's gonna have a good game, but I'm looking at the score. Probably gonna be we're gonna score thirty points. We're going to score 30 points. We're going to get back to that. I think it's going to be 30, 30 to 24. I think the, 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 the Niners are going to try and come back on us. But I'm looking at Dak for my pick to click. He's going to have two touchdowns. I'm looking at probably quarterback rating 120. That's okay. how specific I am. All right. Very good. I love that. Yes. I like that score, thirty to twenty-four. Okay, Mickey's twenty-seven, twenty-three. Um, I am going with a pick to click. How about the tight ends in this matchup? Mm. George Kittle for who made the Pro Bowl. Dalton Schultz did not make the Pro Bowl, but Schultz actually has more catches and more touchdowns than Kittle this season. Mm-hmm. My pick to click is Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys, and in fact. My final score is 30 to 28. Wait, ah. I got it. What? <laughs> 30 I w- to 28. I wrote down what you were going to pick. Oh, okay. And, I yeah. thought you Dak, had something to say. You know what's going to happen? <laughs> With 51 seconds left in Uh-oh, this game, not again. Dak Prescott <laughs> is going to be flushed out to the right under the pressure. Right. He's going to throw to the back of the end zone. He's pump and it a couple Dalton times. Schultz <laughs> is going to rise above a cornerback. Do they have a number 24 on their team? <laughs> no. Going to rise not worthy. above. They're not worthy. 
Emmanuel Mosley <laughs> to catch the game-winning touchdown pass to make it 30-28, to the Cowboys win. I like that. 40 years later. I like that, but I don't see Schultz going up like that. Okay. Well, I see I'm CD to... going up like that. CD. Let's do I CD. I see CD going up All like right, that. All right, my pick to click That's is it. CD Lamb. That's it. All right. right there. <laughs> CD Lamb is going up top, and he's going to have the game winner. All right righty. There. It's exciting, man. It's exciting. Beautiful Friday afternoon. Mickey predicted. Score in 1972. Mm. No, it was the it was the final score in uh, yeah, it was in 1972. That's right, it was in 1972. You're on to me, Mickey. See, I figured you were going 28-27. Yeah, I could have, which was the 82 final score. God, this game is so cool. Just kind of watching that old school stuff. All right. We know Everson's going to spend the rest of the afternoon watching the NFL Network, the replay of the 1981 NFC Championship game. I'm glad he enjoys watching it because the rest of us don't. I know. I like watching (laughs) to a point. Yeah. This is the good point right here. (laughs) Okay. What do y'all have uh, scheduled for the weekend? I have work. Uh, Spags, you going to be there tomorrow? I will be there tomorrow. All right. I'll see Spags tomorrow at the Omni. Star Sports Tours. I also have another autograph session uh, in Louisville. And I also, I'm doing some politics tomorrow. I'm going to be part of a campaign tomorrow. My cousin is running for sheriff. Oh, really? Uh Uh-huh. So I'll be there signing some 8 by 10 Sheriff of what? Uh, He's sheriff of some county. I don't know. (laughs) I got to take a look at it. You're going to be his deputy? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Whatever it takes, man. We're going to get him in. We're going to get him in. So, yeah. Are you able to vote for him? No, I'm not. I can't vote for him. He's in Dallas County. It's Dallas County. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. all right. Yeah. Okay. Very so, good. I'll be there with, with bells. Well, there's on, man. things you can do with ballot boxes. <laughs> I heard. I heard. Yeah. Let's keep that on the DL there, Spag. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that does it for another week of mixed shots. And, and here's another prediction. We are going to have a full week of mixed shots next week. Yes, we are. Leading into a divisional playoff Thank matchup you. at... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's Tampa fine. Bay. We yeah. owe them. That's right. Exactly we right. Just them. like Dak predicted at the end of the at the beginning what of the season. What did he say, Bill? I'll see you later. I'll see you yeah. later. Uh-huh. That's right. I'll see you down the road. That's exactly right. That's right. So take that, Tom Brady. <laughs> All right. And we'll talk at you again on Monday here right. on Mix Shots. Go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!